All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Nation Network presents Coming In Hot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coming In Hot. I'm Brent Wallace alongside Jason York, 13-year NHL veteran. Ian Mendes is going to drop by shortly to chat with us from Toronto. Uh, as always, Yorkie, the show brought to you by Renfrew Pro Tape. As we like to say, it's being held together by Renfrew Pro Tape. Go to RenfrewPro.com uh, for all your tape needs. Also get them all at all major retailers for Hockey Life, Sport Check, and Canadian Tires, to name a few. Uh, Yorkie, it's Alfie Day today. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I am just ecstatic. Um, here, here's the thing. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame, so I'm jealous. But uh, for, for Daniel Alfredson, this is, uh, this is an unbelievable accomplishment. And uh, to, to come where he has come, and, and don't forget, he was a late bloomer. He just all of a sudden just didn't come in. I know he won the Calder Trophy, but before he got into the NHL, he had to get here the hard way. Late draft pick, had to work for everything he got, and all of a sudden he comes in, he has success right away. But he had a couple big injuries early on in his career. We had to battle some adversity, but to see where he was to where he is today and all of a sudden entering the hall, this is, uh, I couldn't be happy. All joking aside, I couldn't be happier for him. He's a great guy. Uh, he means so much to the city of Ottawa, and it is an honor that is so uh, deserving, uh, great day, great for Alfie, great for BB and the family, and awesome for the city. This yeah. is uh, a tremendous accomplishment. 
And it is, I mean, it's pretty neat. He, I, while Marion Host is the first drafted Ottawa Senator to go in the Hall of Fame, yeah. you really think of Alfie as the first Ottawa Senator to go in the Hall of Fame. And you and I, I mean, you've been around him his entire career, basically. Uh, and I, I missed, I think, one season of not covering him when he was first here. But uh, true gentleman. There's just, there's very few people in the world, especially in a, as a top athlete, that people say bad things about. You can't find anyone, at least I haven't met, <laughs> to say a bad thing about Daniel Alfredson, unless it is an, a Toronto um, Blue fan. And that's, that's fair. I get that part. But outside of knowing Alfie, you don't find anybody saying anything bad about him. I, I can say this. If you're going to say one little thing, he loves to take money from guys on the golf course. He gets a lot of pleasure out of doing that. He's a good golfer. He loves to get into your pocket. But uh, so if you're going to say that, I think that's a good thing, though. Always competitive in everything he does. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and there's lots of stuff about him playing ping pong. Also, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, there's this uh, Eric Carlson wrote a story uh, in the Players Tribune today. Very, very well done. I suggest you go and read that. Uh, yeah. And Ian Mendes has throughout the week here been writing phenomenal articles about uh, knowing Daniel Alfredson and about meeting some of their, talking with some of the former players. Uh, you were neighbors with Alfie for a while uh, out there in the woods. Uh, in fact, I remember oh. going one day <laughs> to your house. I think the media had a skate at your rink one day, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Alfie lived across the street. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I, I had Alfie early on in his career for the first five years here in Ottawa. He actually ended up renting my house. I'm not sure if I told the story on, on this podcast or not, but I, I had left to go to Anaheim. Alfie and BB stayed at my place in Canada Lakes, um, but he never told me he was going to move in. He just, uh, uh, I got a call from my buddy who, who was, this is crazy. I got a call from my buddy who's a cop. I'm like, do you mind just looking out for my house? Just make sure it's okay. So he, he dropped in a few times. All of a sudden, Cruz is in there one day and he sees like all these $100 bills on the kitchen table. It's like, I think someone's living at your house. There's like a, a Swedish t-shirt, all kinds of cash on the table. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I go, Alfie moved in. Like he could have told me. He had the garage code. So he ended up squatting at my house for the first two weeks of the season before his family got there. Then they moved in, uh, stayed the entire season, stayed the next year as well. My, my house was like a constant rental for many of the sins. Actually, the heater stayed there one year too, Wally. Uh, so he oh, I didn't there, know that. Not, uh, Don Jackson, the old Sens assistant coach, but yeah, Alfie was there, and then uh, I ended up moving out to the country, which was uh, out near Lockmarch Golf Course. Alfie lived across the street, and uh, one thing I remember, these aren't hockey stories, but he had this humongous German Shepherd named Bono, and this dog just ran the neighborhood, and he's a friendly dog, a great dog. Uh, he just he just cruise over to my house and just stare at me. I wasn't quite sure what was going on because we all know about German Shepherds. They're, uh, they're a, a one-person dog. And Alfie had this thing trained so well, come on the ice. He'd always steal the pucks from my kids when they were playing on the ice. His German, then he'd take the puck, jump over the boards, game would have to stop because Bono would steal our pucks on the ice. But, uh, you know, it was good. Uh, Alfie's a big family guy. And the one thing people know is he's 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 been a great dad. He's got... Yeah. Four boys, and uh, they used to come over skate in the outdoor rink. Alfie had come over once in a while, but good times in the neighborhood. Um, but great kids and uh, great dog as well, man. I never trusted that dog. I always thought it was gonna bite. I always thought it was gonna bite me in the ass or something. My uh, German shepherds, they I, they just give me a little bit of the you know it is about German shepherds, but 
Um, yeah, so that's my little non-hockey story on Alfie. Bono, the German Shepherd, stealing our pucks during Love our it. hockey games. Well, let's get right to Toronto. Uh, Ian Mendez is now standing by, the athletic writer, who's done a phenomenal job, as I've said. Uh, and if you haven't had a chance <laughs> to subscribe, this week is worth every penny. Ian, uh, yeah. you, like your stuff has been outstanding. I, I'm just curious, as you're in Toronto getting ready to go to the Hall of Fame, what's it been like the last few days of covering Alfie? Ah, it's been great, by the way, and I apologize for the, uh, if it's poor lighting or camera work here, uh, coming at you from the Delta Hotel in uh, downtown Toronto, where I don't have my ring light with me, so um, not sure if this, this lighting is great okay. for people viewing, but uh, it's, it's been phenomenal, uh, guys, the, the last couple of days. Got in uh, yesterday, uh, which was Sunday, uh, went to the Hall of Fame game, had a chance to see, you know, Chris Neal, Chris Phillips, Jason Spezza, Alfie. All these guys kind of coming out, you know, Wally, it's funny. They're coming out of the, the visitor's room at what used to be the Air Canada Centre, which is now uh, Scotiabank Arena. And Wally, think of how many times you and I uh, over the years would be outside the dressing room doors after a big game there. Uh, unfortunately, the postseason didn't go the way that, uh, that they wanted, but it was surreal to kind of be back standing in the same spot uh, that we had been so many times talking to these guys uh, in the past. It's so weird, right? Just that whole environment surrounding Toronto and then to see Spets, who was a member of the Leafs, to be skating with Alfie, who was just playing, what, months ago for the Toronto Maple Leafs on the ice. Like that whole yeah. entire, like, what was that game like to cover? What And did you talk to Spets about <laughs> rejoining and playing on the ice with these guys? Okay, so here are a couple of things. I'm gonna, you're going to use the term game very loosely, okay? This was... You guys ever taken your kids to see the Harlem Globetrotters? Mm -hmm. Yes. So what's that like? It's not really a game. It's like a, It's like every few minutes they just stop the game and there's some random, uh, you know, prizes and what. There, there was there was no the competition level on this on a scale of one to ten it was like a point five. So nobody was really trying. Nobody was really uh, exerting a ton of energy. Uh, it's funny. Chris Phillips said he was worried about Chris Neal. He thought Chris Neal would take this super seriously, uh, which he didn't. He even took it uh, very lightly. But here's the thing, and I thought, and I asked Spets about this after the game. They didn't put Jason Spezza and Daniel Alfredson on the same line. I know, it's weird. <laughs> very weird. They put yeah. they put Alfredson with the Sedins. Well, that's kind of they're going in the Hall of Fame together. Ian, wouldn't you wouldn't you think they would do that? Or why didn't they put him with Roberto Luongo? I, I heard he was out there cruising, playing center. It wasn't even playing that, so you got your Hall of Fame goalie who's out there playing center. Well, as you know, as you know, Yorkie and, and Wally, a lot of old goalies don't like playing goalie in, in alumni games. Or no, games right? they hate it. It's hell. It's hell on the groins and the hips. So they'd rather yeah. let Pascal Leclerc think about all the time. He, he just plays out, right? Um, so Roberto was like, I'm not playing goal. I'm playing out. No way. Ian, to your point with, with everybody thinks the grass is always greener somewhere else. Players are the same way. My last year in the league, when I knew I was retiring, Tim Thomas gave me all his gear. And I had these grand thoughts in my head that I was going to be this awesome pickup goaltender in rec hockey. I lasted two games. Nobody shoots the puck in pickup hockey. So that's why nobody, That's why it's so hard to get a goaltender. It sucks. So Tim Thomas's gear, I ended up giving it to a kid about five years ago because I never uh, – that is the worst position in all of uh, pickup sports. 
the goalie and pick up hockey because it's you uh yeah you're gonna pull a drawing that's like tick 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 shoot the goddamn puck okay exactly. wait, hold on <laughs> i don't want mendez i know you don't have much time so i just want you to take me through what it, like it's been like for the last couple of days um have you had a chance to talk much with alfie uh here in the last couple of days yeah I, I well you know what uh he was nice enough about ago to give me hour and a bit of his time and, and we had lunch together uh, uh before he had a tennis match uh, you, you know Yorkie you talk about him liking to take money off people on on the golf course I suspect did he get did he get, did he get in your pocket same thing well I didn't play against so he would have cleaned me out but he was playing against somebody <laughs> else and I suspect that he's he's got the, the competitive juices going and so he gave me like an hour and a bit of his time two weeks ago because I you know I knew that this was going to be a crazy stretch for him that for me to try and get an hour of his time this weekend was it was going to be a non-starter, right? He'd be pulled in so many directions. So I got a ton of time with him about two weeks ago, and he was so gracious uh, talking about, you know, all the highs and lows. And that's what I think about – when I think about Alfie, I think that there's, like, kind of a couple of distinct chapters here. And people sometimes forget. Fans wanted to run this guy out of town in and around 2006. Like, there was absolutely a conversation going amongst Ottawa fans can you win with Daniel Alfredson? Can you win with this guy as your captain? They had lost to the Leafs. They had lost to the Devils. They got taken out by Buffalo in 2006. And and Alfie was the scapegoat, right? Especially in 2006 when he was on the point on that Pominville goal. And, you know, he spent a lot of time talking to me about that particular moment in time, that he was at an all-time low and that he really accepted all of the criticism that came his way. And I thought, you know, that's that's really what a leader does is that they don't they don't hide from the criticism the negativity i thought he did such a great job of that and you know to me of all the conversations i've had with him in the last couple of weeks the one where he talked about that really stood out to me that obviously him talking about his mom and the influence she had on him and that you know unfortunately she passed away in uh, january of 2021 she won't be there uh, you know she'll be there obviously in spirit tonight but her not being kind of around to see this moment. I think that really hurts him on some level. Uh, so this, this is, I think it'll be an emotional night for him. And I'm, I'm curious to see how he handles the the stage on, in, in that, in that regard tonight. Yeah. He's uh, he's he, the thing about Alfie guys is he's not afraid to speak his mind. I'm really interested to see what he's going to say in his speech tonight uh, because he's a guy that's very opinionated on a lot of different things, especially, um, with the way hockey is right now. But don't forget, too, Daniel was one of the first guys to come out and speak about mental health before, I'm not going to say before it was cool, but before people really started talking about it. Like, he got behind the Royal Auto Hospital, and, and he's got some, mm -hmm. some history in his family. But that was that was a big step he did, and that did a lot of good for a lot of people. And, and that's just kind of how Alfie is. That's how he rolls. He's... Wasn't that we we had uh, we had Magnus on here? We had Reds on the other day talking about Alfie and, and some of the outrageous outfits he used to wear because he just he doesn't he does things his way and and you talked about him taking the criticism. He's just a guy that I think a lot of the things he's gone through in his family uh, with his mom being sick uh, with his sister it just it just kind of. It, it's well-rounded him as a person where he, he really appreciates things. I, I, I read the story. And by the way, Ian, that was a great article you wrote. I read the whole thing. 
uh, in the athletic and, and that I gave you the awesome there, you know, after a little athletic, get to rate the, uh, get to rate the article. That's me. Yeah, that's the awesome. Yeah. Um, but it, it's uh, the one particular point when, when Alfie runs into to Brian Burke after his son died, not a lot of guys would go up and do that because that's just Alfie. He went up and gave Brian Burke a hug. And I, I read that in your article, but that's just, he's a guy that thinks outside the box He's not afraid to have a strong opinion, stand up for what he believes in, and, and, and do things differently. And and that, to me, is one of the greatest things about Daniel Alfredson. Yeah, and I, I'm with you, Yorkie. I'm, I'm curious to see kind of uh, how he, he he uses that platform tonight. I'm sure it'll yeah. be uh, – a lot of it will be Very reflecting classy. on his journey through Ottawa. It'll be – you know what? I think it'll just be pure class from this guy. It, it, it always is. It's sure. never – uh, even when things have gotten bad and awkward in Ottawa, uh, he always took the high road, and I expect him to take a high road tonight. And, and really, I think for uh, sure, talk about the journey. And it's it, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be emotional for him. I wonder. He kind of said that to us yesterday that it's uh, you know he's a little bit nervous. I think maybe for that that speech. And then once that's done, it's uh, you know really at that point, I think he can really exhale. And I'm sure the, I think they've gone pretty hard here, guys. The last couple nights where they've <laughs> All the guys have gone out and they've uh, connected. And, and that's what this weekend's about, right? It's about reconnecting with your old teammates. And, you know, I think what I what I loved about this was, you know, Jason Spezza was supposed to go to Pittsburgh today with the Leafs to fly to Toronto, uh, to, to Pittsburgh to, to, to be with the Leafs. And I think he went to Kyle Dubas and said, you know, Alfie would really love it if I was there. And Kyle Dubas is like, man, go for it. Take the day. And the way Spets uh, explained it was, it's not very often that your line mate gets into the Hall of Fame. That Jason Spets is going to be there. Uh, Jason talked to me about Alfie would challenge him uh, as a player. It shows you that the respect that those two guys have for each other, uh, it's going to be there. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be, a, there's going to be an emotional night for Ottawa fans. I think if you're watching, and I'm yeah. sure he'll talk about, if I had to guess, he'll talk about Brian Murray. And I, I think that's yeah. going to be probably a pretty powerful moment as well. Ian, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so I know you've got to get a whole lot of stuff done before you head over to the, uh, the Hall of Fame. So enjoy. We appreciate you stopping by, as always. Uh, have fun tonight and say a hi to Alfie for us. Yeah, listen, I will. And I think you guys should lean into a full-time feature, Yorkie as a landlord. It's an untapped gold mine. There's a lot of stories there. Lean there into is. it, Lean into it. So, some of them, unfortunately, like... Well, maybe it's a podcast. You can kind of do what you want on here. So I think we got something again. It's got some legs. Exactly. Run with it. <laughs> hey, we're see you, man. Next up. He, all right. All see right. See you, pal. Uh, there goes Ian Mendes from The Athletic. If you don't already subscribe, I suggest this week you do so to just to read the articles on Alfie. Uh, always yeah. a pleasure to have him stop by. What a like. I, I, there wasn't a whole lot maybe of leading up to this about the Hall of Fame. It always kind of gets ignored a little bit this weekend really I, I felt the love around for Alfie and for just the Hall of Fame class that's going in tonight yeah me too and and, and of course here in Ottawa we're paying attention more than we would yeah. normally for a regular Hall of Fame weekend you see guys you don't really pay attention because because it's Ottawa because it's Daniel Alfredson because what he means to the city uh, he's touched so many people here it's 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 been a real nice touch and you re and you really see what a job they do when they do this entire weekend. Like you, you go in there, Daniel, I know his parents came into town. He had a big contingent 
from Ottawa going with him. You, you head down on Thursday. And to Ian's point, I heard his brother, Henrik, I know he was supposed to go on with the guys this morning, had to cancel, was supposed to go on with JR in the morning, but I think he was a little hungover. So I, to Ian's point, I think some of the boys have been going pretty hard on the weekend, but that's what you should yeah. do. It's a celebration. And uh, tell you one thing, Swedes know how to party, Wally. I'll tell you that. Best guys, you always hear this. I, I, you never meet a bad Swede. Uh, one of the reasons is these guys like to get it going. Yeah, and I mean, he knows obviously the Sedin brothers very well. And of course, uh, yeah. he's met Roberto Luongo a few times. So just that whole group. And you know Luongo is sure. at the front of that, right? He's the one steering <laughs> that bus. Oh, yeah. He's driving the bus this weekend. So, yeah, no, it's it's, it's a great weekend. It's a celebration. And they, they really do it right. Uh, looking forward to it tonight. Of course, that comes after the 530 game in which uh, – People will think, what an odd time. Now, here's what I'm told about this 5.30 game. Originally, it was scheduled for 7. Then they realized they messed up with Alfie going in the hall. So we got moved to 5.30, and they've tried to sell it as a celebration of watch the game and then stay around and watch Alfie be inducted. I don't know how many people, maybe we should put this on a poll, how many people are going to stay at the game and watch the Hall of Fame induction ceremony? Like, Would you be tempted to do that, Yorkie, or would you like to get home? If I was a fan of the Ottawa Centers, I think it's I think you're in for the full meal deal. Like you're going to get the, okay. the great picture on the jumbotron. Probably going to continue to serve beer. You can. I think it's nice. Well, it's a full day, and because of that early game, I I, I think most people are going to do it, Wally. This is a special occasion. Okay. And I would I would say, I'm going to say seventy percent. That's that's my over under right there. Really? So there's always there, okay. there's always some people that love to early, leave early, beat the traffic, but I, I think in this case, I think quite a few people will stay. Okay, because it, t I mean, the Hall of Fame can take a couple of hours to do, right? Because you got all the speeches to sit through. Yeah. So if if Alfie goes last, you're going to lose people. That's anyway. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah, I, maybe, is, maybe. I, well, I know it's never been done before, yeah. so it's it's. Uh, we'll see. It's I, anyway, all right, so. Uh, Congrats to Daniel Alfredson, obviously, going into the Hall of Fame and to everybody that gets into the Hall of Fame. What a, a cool honor. I, I've i been into the Hall of Fame. It's so neat to see. Just some cool stuff. And, like, Alfie scored the first shootout winner in NHL history, right? Right after the 4 or 5 lockout against the Leafs. Um, that stick went to the Hall of Fame. But the interesting really? part about it, it's Brian Pothier's stick, not Alfie's. Alfie used wow. Brian Pothier's stick. So it's in the Hall of Fame. There's a pull. There's an old Sens name I haven't heard in a while. Brian yeah. Pothier. Right shot, puck moving. I always liked Pothier. Yeah. I thought he'd have a longer career, though. What happened to him? He's uh, he's, he's at home. He's teaching uh, hockey schools. If, or he has a hockey program. Yeah. Uh, with the Brian Pothier hockey camp or something to that effect. So yeah, uh, he's yeah, still around. He's still him. involved. Yeah. I always liked him. Uh, all right. Moving on to the New York Islanders coming into town and facing the Ottawa Senators, who have snapped. They're losing streak, uh, but they will not have Thomas Shabbat in the lineup and not anytime soon either. Yorkie, the big question has been since that hit is, was the hit on Thomas Shabbat a penalty or not? Okay, the old Jason York that played in the league back when you had to go back for pucks and take care of your own well-being. A lot tougher when I used to play. You got to watch out. That's absolutely not a penalty. But the new Jason York that broadcast watches the games and pays attention says, that's a boarding penalty. 
Uh, it's on the numbers. I wouldn't give it a hit from behind. I would have given him a two-minute boarding penalty on the play based on the way the game is, is called now because I've seen a lot worse. Um, sorry, I've seen a lot less get called in games. And um, sometimes you'll just see a guy get a penalty for getting hit too hard. They'll give him boarding penalty. So I thought it should have been called as a penalty based on how the game is called right now. Is it a suspendable offense? No, I don't think it's a suspension. Shabbat does check his shoulder. He sees him coming in. He sees him tracking, decides to pull up, and he gets hit. It's just, it's come to the point in the league where as defensemen, just like I used to complain when the forwards started doing it, turning their back and thinking you've got immunity. I've turned my back. Now you're not allowed to hit me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not fair game. And, and players use that as a... They use that as a tactic, especially forwards will protect it. And guys will even throw themselves into the boards. Pretty clear Thomas Shabbat didn't throw himself into the boards, didn't embellish the hit. But I think maybe a little bit of an underestimation of, of how strong Travis Konechny is. Because some guys will finish you. And what you do as a defenseman, Wally, you go back and get the puck, you absorb the hit, and then you let you wait for help. That's one of the breakouts you'll use as a defenseman. But I think Konechny just really exploded into him and got him real hard. And it was on the numbers. Like, it's to me, it's definitely a penalty and a little bit of a underestimation. Because as a defenseman, uh, and Thomas Shabbat should have this, you have a, you have a mental notebook of, of what every player in the league that's been in the league for a while, what they do, strengths, weaknesses. And it's a checklist, which you go over when you go back for pucks. You say, I'm going to go back for the puck. Okay, Konechny's on me. He's aggressive. He's quick. He's going to finish hard. So I got to do things fast. Or let's say you're playing against, uh, I'm playing against a, uh, I'll just say Alex Dabrinkit. He's smaller, he's fast, he's not going to finish me. So I know I have more time to move the puck. And I think for that split second, I think uh, Shabbat underestimated uh, the, the, the power of, uh, of who he was dealing with. And then you get hit. That's part of the game, though. You, it's, part of, it's part of it, but for sure. Um, Should have been a penalty. Okay, last question I have on this, and I mean, it looks pretty obvious from all of us. Now, okay, so maybe they didn't call it, but if he turns at the end, and that's always the argument of he turned into him. Yeah, yeah does he doesn't matter. To him? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And that's the problem. It's it's what's hitting from behind. What's boarding? It's when you hit somebody from behind. You're saying, well, he turned into him, and that's what I used to say all the time. But I. I Wally, I quit fighting that fight. It, it's not like that anymore. That's the way the game is called right now. Some of the refs are trying, I can see in games, bring back a little bit of it, but then some aren't. So then you have the inconsistency, but that's now a penalty with most referees when, when you're doing the game. Uh, no matter if you turn in, if you don't. Well, look what forwards do. They do it all the time. Uh, they turn their back, they get hit, and it's a penalty. So for me, it's a penalty. If you don't want to call hitting from behind, it's a boarding penalty. And that's uh, the game's softer now. It's more skilled, it's faster, it's better, but it mm -hmm. is softer. And plays like that get called. And it didn't get called, and it should have. To me, that's, that's, so, all that, right. that's my. Uh... So now uh, the Ottawa Senators D, which we've, let's say, harped on since the beginning of the season for not being <laughs> perhaps adequate enough, uh, now loses. Arguably their best yeah. defenseman. You can, I mean, with all due respect to Jake Sanderson, I still think Thomas Shabbat is your best defenseman. Um, and so yeah. for a group that uh, doesn't have their, 
senior guy, their leader on the blue line. Boy, oh boy, this is uh, this is a group in trouble. How do you see this playing out now? And by the way, the Sens have called up Jacob Larson. Uh, he is a former first-round pick. In fact, picked in the same draft class as uh, Shabbat, I believe. Uh, 27th overall. He's played 165 games with Anaheim. Uh, signed in the offseason here. So we'll see how he does. Uh, obviously, a bit of a journeyman, if you will. But um, at least he's played NHL games and has that experience as they put him on the blue line. But losing Thomas Shabbat, Alpha, uh, Yorkie, is a tough, tough grind. Do you almost call me Alfie? Yeah, that's yeah. Just... It's Alfie yeah, Day. Listen, everybody it's, should be called Alfie. A... <laughs> Every, everyone's got to wear number 11 today. Okay, you, That's right. this is going to be one of these games where the coaching staff is going to talk to the defense before the game and say, guys, first look. We want you going back for the puck, getting the puck out of our zone as quickly as possible. We don't want you playing with pucks. Get it up to our forwards. A guy like, like Eric Brandstrom, is going to have to step up to uh, to, to, to tonight, 5 o'clock. I was going to say today, but I guess tonight is technically 5. He's going to have to step up. Branstrom's minutes are going to go up. We're going to get a look at Larson. I have no idea what to expect at Larson. All I know, he's been up and down. Uh, so it'll be a good opportunity for him to come in. And hopefully for him, he's one of those guys that maybe plays better in the NHL because it's more structured. Uh, guys are in the position better. And hopefully that's the case for, for Larson. And Another good opportunity for for uh, for Jacob Bernard Docker. I can't call him JBD, by the way, Wally. I, I really think you got to play in the league for a while before you before you get a nickname and everybody calls you J. So I, I like to call him Bernard Docker. You got to you got to earn that after a while. But he's he's come up and did a nice little job. Uh, I, I think he had a few hiccups last game, but an, a, another opportunity for him. Another opportunity for him and Sanderson. Uh, I'll disagree with you. I think he's been Ottawa's best defenseman this year. I, I think since game one, and not that Shabbat's been terrible, I just think Sanderson's been that good. I, I think he's been really good. Less responsibility, hasn't had to play the amount of minutes Shabbat's had to play, hasn't had the the, uh, uh, the heavy workload, uh, but Sanderson's been really, really good. So this is going to be another opportunity for him to step up and, and see what he's got. And Hamannick, I think, has dipped a little bit lately. He needs to step up and play like he was early on in the season. So... This is going to have to be committee, by committee for the Ottawa Senators. This group, when you look at the games played, uh, a whopping 14 games played for Sanderson, 16 for for Bernard Docker. Uh, the elder statesman back there, Larson, has 165. So, yeah. um, Holden, like it's, there's not a lot of experience back there. So, I was always taught when we had injuries and it was we had a, a light load back there, play simple, get it up. Get it to your forwards quickly, and and less is better. And so, do you see a bigger commitment when that happens from your forwards that maybe they try to play a little bit better in their own end? <laughs> well, Isa, I posted a video the other day, and and uh, just a little video. I was bored, a little snippet on the game because everyone's always talking about structure, 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 structure. The Senators aren't good because of structure. So I showed that first goal, and it had zero to do. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's about working hard and tracking. And you hear DJ Smith say this word all the time. We need to track. We need to track. Tracking is just a fancy term for back check. It's get back, help your deep. The harder you track, the easier it is for your defenseman. And one thing the Senators have been guilty of is this year is they puck watch a lot, especially on the back check. They get back, but they assume because they're back, their, their job isn't done. And I think with this group of defensemen, and I'll guarantee you they've done videos on, on a lot. Of, you go over every single time you get scored against. You go over of once you get back, who you identify, who are the threats. So you track back to the slot. And once you do that, you, you, you crowd the house and you pick up bodies. The Senators haven't done a good enough job on picking up bodies, in particular their forwards. So I think that's something they're going to be better at. And when you're better at that, it really helps your defenseman. The harder you track, the easier it is for your defenseman. And if you historically watch teams in the league, the hardest tracking teams are the teams that win the most. So that's why DJ is always harping on this, tracking, 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 being on top of the puck. And they're going to have to really track in this one because this young group of D is, is really going to need that extra help. Uh, I have some not so good news about facing the New York Islanders tonight, Yorkie. Uh, they okay, have lost three straight to the New York Islanders. They are 1-6-0 and oh in their last seven, uh, one win in their last 10, and 2-10-1 and one in their last 13, dating back to March 2017. Uh, and in fact, they're 1-5 in, in their last six at the Canadian Tire Centre against the New York Islanders. Uh, that's not great. Does any of it matter? I don't think so. They, they just went into Philadelphia and, and won a hockey game. I thought it doesn't matter. They're going to need, besides the tracking and the forwards, they're going to need their goaltender. Is it Talbot? As DJ Smith said, the starter is today yet, Wally? Do we know who it is? Uh, I haven't checked, but I'll look Forsberg. while you're chatting. So whether it's Forsberg or whether it's Talbot, they need to come and and, and have a, a huge night for the Ottawa Senators. This is a this is a game where your goaltender needs to step up and steal one from you and play simple. And they still have a very talented group of forwards up there. And the thing about talented forwards, when they work really hard and, and play good defensive hockey, they become more than talented forwards. They, they become very good hockey players. And so for me, I, 
they might surprise you today. You look at New York, I know they're eight and two in their last 10 games, that all the stats, everything's pointing towards them coming in and beating up this, uh, this young group of D, but again, Hey, it's Alfie day, right? It's, and, uh, <laughs> not saying they're going to, you know what? I will say that the guys before the game will get in there today and they'll say, Hey, this is a big day. Let's, 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 uh, not only win for ourselves and not only win for, cause we need the win, but to Daniel Offerton's going to the hall of fame, the most important guy in the, 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 the franchise's history. And I'm sure the coaching staff will, will touch on that a little bit. So, um, you know, I think you throw away records, and to me, it's uh, your goaltender can really have a lot to say about uh, what if records and stats really matter before you head into a game like this. Uh, by the way, Cam Talbot is getting the starting goal. It um, is Talbot, eh? yeah, yeah. So, and by the way, the Sens' last game, arguably, I don't know if it was arguably their best defensive game. It was the first time they allowed one goal or fewer uh, this season mm-hmm. in fourteen games. So there is. That particular, I mean, I think they played well, better defensively, and Cam Talbot I thought was pretty good. He was, yeah, Wally, he was really good. He made some key staves in that game. He was just calm. I thought Ottawa got got outplayed early on in that game, and Talbot made. Yep. When when you have when you have a young group, you need a goaltender to kind of help you settle in. I remember remember those old Buffalo Sabers teams. They would get outshot oh every. They got outshot every single game, and they they rode their goaltender Dominic Hasek all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and almost beat Dallas. And I'm not saying Talbot is is Hasek, but he's an older guy that's a calming influence on the rest of your team. And I'll tell you from experience, when you have a goaltender that's got some experience, he talks, he's vocal, he's got that presence in the room. I remember when we got Tommy Barrasso. The moment he strutted into our locker room, number one, he had way more expensive clothes than we did, and he had like a set of watches, and he he told us how much his watches cost. <laughs> this guy is like, and and he also came in on a private jet. We're like, hey, Brasso, how'd you? We just traded for you like two hours ago. How did you? How did you get here so fast? He's like, yeah, I took the P, took the PJ. We're like, what's a PJ? Because we're all like young guys, not it's a private jet. You know, I just chartered jet, got here. Uh, so basically, when he came in, Wally, practice time, and then when he got into the net, like he just brought a, you just felt like you, you knew he was going to make the stops and his history of being yes. an all-star. And it, it has an effect on the rest of your team. I'm not saying Forsberg's a bad goaltender, and but it's just different when you have that guy that's been there, he's done that. And when he also comes in and plays pretty well, like I think Tal- Talbot's been pretty good so far. My only Tom Barrasso story, because it was such a short-lived experiment when he showed up here. This, this uh, the Scott one? <laughs> he had, no, he had a, a broken thumb or a broken finger, uh, and he had it taped. I think it was his thumb. And so yeah. he's walking through the locker room, and I, I remember telling my cameraman, shoot his hands. We have a shot of it. And all he did was turn around and just give me the finger. So uh, <laughs> that was my Tom Barrasso experience. Well, his, when he came in... Here, and here's how much respect this guy had. In practice, nobody would shoot the puck over a foot off the ground. Every puck's like ding, 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 right in the pads. Because we heard these stories when he played in Pittsburgh of a couple guys that shot high on him. And he took this stick and he just zipped it at their heads like a tomahawk. So every guy, number one, we, we don't want him to get hurt because he was our starting goaltender. But number two, like we heard about this guy would sometimes snap. So we're like, all right. 
keep him low. And all of a sudden for the game, when he was starting, I'm trying to remember who was the backup at that time. Might have been, uh, I forget who it was, Whoa. but Yanni Herme, somebody like that. Might have been Yanni uh, Herme. Yeah. <laughs> so when Herme came in for the pregame warm-up, Brasso, everything, foot off the ground. All of a sudden, Herme comes in, ding, 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 shots off the crossbar, off his head. Guys are just coming in, going up. We used to say coming up from the ladies' tees, just teeing off on his head. It's like poor Yanni Herme. But there's Brad, but yeah, you get that with uh, with respect and the threat of a tomahawk stick coming back at your head. So, yeah, Tommy Brasso. But you remember the Scott Oak one as well, Wally, don't That's, you? Oh, yeah, I don't give a shit what the fans think. Yeah, I do. Well, he, they, no, he, Scott, so between periods, they, they get Brasso and, and uh, Scott Oak's like, uh, so, yeah, good, good start to the game, uh, Tom. A uh, couple shots off the post, so uh, what do you think? He goes, what? You want me to stop the ones that go wide too? <laughs> so so you no. Know, so that that story is Ken of Rare, actually. I and I remember this was that in the Ken locker room. So so Tom and by the way, Tom Barrasso oh, would only look he would look completely over your head, just uh, just above your head. He never made eye contact with anybody. <laughs> I and I can it. remember I'm on the right side and I just Ken of Rare, he would always ask some odd questions every once in a while. And there was the hey Tom, uh good game tonight whatever a couple of shots off the post or whatever and he's like what you want me to stop the ones going wide too uh and just the whole mood of the scrums like okay we'll just move on from here this is over I, so yeah i yeah, tell you, a little crusty just just to finish up on barasso i'm gonna tell you something because everybody had this perception of him being a dick and he was an outstanding teammate a great guy in the locker room just beyond, but when he got outside the locker room, he didn't care what people thought of him. But inside the room, uh, he was a great teammate. And I'll tell you that we had, I think it was Grant Ledger. It was in a game, uh, I forgot who we were playing, and a guy took a cheap shot on Leds and jumped on him. Brasso came skating in and just starts blockering him to the head, tuning down. We're like, wow, pretty good teammate, this Tom Brasso. Got your goalie jumping into the fray, but I really liked him. And it was cool having a guy hey. coming in that, uh, that had a couple uh, Stanley Cups and yeah. the trophy case that he had. It was cool. So, and, and we could go on all day about this. John, like John Muckler got ripped apart for a lot of the moves he made. But what he always yeah. tried to do was bring in winners to help you win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. He didn't necessarily yeah. care about winning a Calder Trophy in the AHL. He wanted to win a Stanley Cup. And so the Peter Bondra or bringing in Tom Barrasso, those guys that had the pedigree, he wanted to win with and i i like nobody at the time went oh you went and got tom Brasso. people were excited to see what he could do unfortunately yeah. it didn't work out but no. uh, they did go after him so uh, good for him yeah no no i agree uh, i agree hey you don't you, you swing for the fences you, you sometimes yeah. you strike out and sometimes you have paid or it's it's part of the business i always admire guys that take a shot and, and try and do something trying to prove the team yeah. and sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it does and it signals to your team. Hey, I believe in you guys to yeah. get this done. Let's go out and get it. Um, uh, Tom Barrasso, by the way, his backup for the most part, Patrick Laleem played 38 games that season. Okay. Uh, okay. Tugger I played 44 before he got traded. I know. Well, well Tugger Tugger. played one game and Mike Fountain played a game. Okay. There you um, go. Uh, by the way, uh, Cam Talbot in four games has a 925 save percentage. Uh, so he that. has been able... Right, he's done a very good job. Uh, the Sens power play, which we harped on for a while again, 
uh, went 0 for 11 from three games, has now gone five for its last 12. I'm going to guess uh, when you are at a 41% clip, you're going to start to win some hockey games if you can keep that kind of pace up. Yeah, do you notice what's happening on the power play as well? Everybody was kind of giving Jabrinka crap. He's not scoring. Uh, the injury up front with with the power play on, on, on what is it on what it's done with the Senators' power plays. Do you see how long Jabrinka stayed out before he scored that one power play goal? He was out for over about a minute and thirty. And, uh, and then I saw a stat on him. He's one of the top power play guys since he's come into the league. I think he's top, I'm going to say yes. top 15 or top top 20. He's the type of guy that thrives on the power play. When he was in Chicago, he was getting all the first looks. And you might not score, but you get you get pressure. Sorry, you, you get confidence when you're always going out there. You're the power play guy. You're the man. And he's just, I think he's starting to get into a rhythm right now. He's starting to feel it. That one goal he scored from that tough angle, there's very few guys that can put that in the back of the net. and just goes to show you the skill he has. But with with, with, with the Josh Norris injury, before, it's like, okay, who's – this is where I go back to the confusion on the power play. Everybody always says it's a, it's a, it's a really good thing to have two power plays. Well, I, I don't look at it that way because then people say, well, why isn't there Brinkett scoring as much? Well, because – He's splitting the power play in half, so you're not going to get a 40-goal scorer. You're going to get a 25-goal scorer because analytically, statistically, it's impossible because that's a guy that makes his living feasting on the power play. And he's been getting his assists, and he's been doing a nice job of that, but why wasn't he scoring? I think part of the reason was he was you're splitting your power play time in half. Sometimes you start first, sometimes you don't. You're on the first unit, you're on the second unit. There's no 40-goal scorer in the league that plays second power play or plays gets a 40-goal scorer never gets on a power play for the last 20 seconds. It never happens. And sometimes that would happen because that's just the makeup of how the Ottawa Senators started the season. You got to get two different units, their looks. So to me, that's a big reason for the slow start with the goal scoring. And now with the injury, to Josh Norris, it, it, it's it, it's hurt the Ottawa Senators, but it's really helped Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, interesting. I, I'm I'm anxious to see Dabrinkit. I hope he breaks out because I'm a huge fan of his. I think for a guy that's been like counted him? out forever, I, yeah, I, I just want to see him do well. I think he's a good kid, and I so, well, I guess he's a, not a kid, but he's a kid when you're my age. <laughs> uh, I want to see him score 40 goals. I do too. So here's the thing with Dabrinkit. And, and I really like him too. I, I think he's a, he's a top six player. He's a really good player. My concern with Alex Dabrinkit is long-term for the Ottawa Senators. He makes $9 million, right? Yeah. He makes $9 million in real money. So to get Alex Dabrinkit signed, you have to qualify him because he's not a UFA. You have to qualify him at over $9 million, right? Yep. So are you going to make Alex Dabrinkit your highest you're going to build your team around another winger so you're already building the team around one winger in brady kachuk are you now going to throw nine million alex to break it long term he's not going to sign a short-term deal like that's my that's my thing and i'm not saying i don't like him I, I like the player a lot i think he's a great player and i'm watching him play he is so smart so good but this team any any team that you win with in the nhl you build down the middle. 
you need you need two center icemen, and I think the Senators are, are on a very good start with with Norris and Stutzla. They're 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 trying to make him into that center iceman. You got Pinto as well, so great start. So long term, are you now going to throw over nine million a year at DeBrinket? And not, I'm not saying he's not worth that. I'm just saying the way this team is built it fit into your budget. Yeah. yeah, it's not even the budget. It's the schematics of how this team is going to be built. Uh, you have your guy, you have your trigger man in the power play in Josh Norris, who you already signed to a long-term deal. You've committed to him. You've committed to Stutzler. You've committed to Bath. If I could get to Brinkett on the same kind of contract that Drake Batherson's on, 1,000% I'm signing him. I'm making Not happening. And he's going to be my, my, my secondary scoring. But the problem is he's not a secondary scoring guy. He's a primary scoring guy. So that's my only thing, is is where does he fit in the grand scheme of the Ottawa Senators? Um, do like do do you is he a guy? And I'm just speaking because you're trying to think. There's a guy. And I'm not saying do this. I don't want people to jump all over me. If you really want to get an outstanding defenseman, because that's what the Ottawa Senators need, maybe that's the guy you dangle out there later on because you're gonna get something really good in return for Alex DeBrinket. If you're going to get you're, – you're trading a 40-goal scorer, you're going to get an unbelievable defenseman back. And, and that's, the, that's the cost of doing business. And then would I spend that money on the defenseman? Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I just don't know where the fit long-term with, with Alex Dabrinkit. That's all I'm saying. So before everybody jumps all over me and says, you don't like Alex Dabrinkit. No, no. I, I love the player a lot. It's just long-term. I'm trying to see where he fits in the grand scheme. All right, fair, I, 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 your point is valid. It's fair enough. Um, I'm going to actually go off topic because you brought up Tim Stutzla. It's not on one of the yeah. three pages I sent you. Uh, that is the <laughs> conversation on the bench between uh, Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla after a turnover led to, a, I think it was a goal, right? Um, yeah. You've been, in, you've been in these kind of environments. You've been on the bench and what happens. Take me through what you saw and was it a learning experience for Tim Stutzla from the captain? Well, do we know exactly what he said, Wally? Did, did, was, was Brady asked about it? No, but I, I don't know that he was asked. All I know is the you can see him say, that can't happen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, that's your job as a captain. And I think that that's what you want your captain to do, Wally. You want him to say, he's got to have the hard conversations. He's got to face things that, that might be uncomfortable for another guy. And for Brady, he's one of your hardest workers on the team. And that's the thing. When, when you have your captain, who is your glue guy, the guy that stirs the drink, the guy that's fighting, the guy that does everything, you can say that thing. You can say those things, and, you're, and, and guys are going to respond. And we talked about Alfie Week, and those are things that Daniel Alfredson used to do. I played with Steve Eiserman in, in Detroit. I was just a young guy. It was a very short time. Uh, Paul Korea as well in Anaheim. These guys didn't say a lot, different type players than Brady, but they also commanded respect. And they 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 never just said stuff to say it. You only say it when it's going to have an effect on somebody or maybe in a game in between periods when you need it. But I, I think it was really good, Wally. Uh, point taken. And also, too, there's been some mistakes made by the Ottawa Senators. It just can't happen. And, and we all talk about it in the media, fans, everybody. The players see it too. They're right ice level and they know when stuff goes on. Like they know when a guy misses assignment, doesn't do a job. 
and you got to nip it in the butt right away. So I got no problem with it, and that's what you want your captain doing. Okay, does it happen more than we think it happens, or that we see it? It, hap- it, it happens. It happens more often when teams are struggling because guys are ornery, guys aren't happy. Like there's nobody in that room happy right now. They all to a man, and Brady especially said, "We're going to be a playoff team. We're going to get off to a great start." You get you lose the first two, then you win four straight, and all of a sudden you go on this uh, big skid, and you find yourself five, eight, and one. And if you don't nip it in the butt right now, that that's when you see it happening. Like they're at a they're at a place right now where they have to get on a roll. They have to start winning, and you do that by guys doing stuff. And this is when you guys see guys step up and say stuff, but you don't see it all the time because. Not all teams are blessed with great leaders. Some teams will just appoint a guy as their captain because he's their, well, he's our best player, so I guess he's captain. <laughs> and then he doesn't work hard all the time. Remember the Washington Capitals earlier on in, in, in their history of a team? Ovechkin was given the captaincy because he scored a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he, they didn't start winning until he changed his game. And you, I, I remember talking to Barry Trotz about this. When he went in to take over the Washington Capitals, I asked him, I was doing a game, I was doing color of that game. I said, Trotsy, what did, there was a story going. I go, what did you say to, to Ovi to get him going? He's like, was all I did was I said, listen, Ovi, you do what you do from the red line in, but red line back into our zone, you do what I want you to do. And, and he just made a little subtle changes and started blocking shots, started doing some of the little things. And long behold, the, the Washington Capitals start winning. You want to win, your best player has to play with the same kind of mentality that your fourth line does. Look at Crosby when he started winning his Cups. Look at Steve Eisenman when, when Detroit started winning, Wally. That's how you win. That you might not get one. as many. Yeah, Eisenman, remember? He said, I'm not going to get 150 points anymore. Scotty Bowman wants me to play a little differently. And all of a sudden, he started getting 80 points, but the team started winning. Um, and that's how you... That's how you do it. You win when your best players play with the mentality of a grinder. They don't play like a grinder because you ain't winning when you when your best player is grinding it out. But when he when when he doesn't give up, when he blocks shots, when he plays like his life depends on it, like his career depends on it, like a fourth liners does, then you got something special. And bringing that back to Alfie Wally, that's what made Alfie really special. He played with that workmanlike attitude, and then that's why he's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, very good point. Uh, okay, uh, new captain. Let's talk about the current captain. That's Brady Kachuk on Spit and Chicklets. Yeah, his brother said he's the best power forward in the game today. Uh, do you agree or disagree? And before we do that, I, I'm going to bring up. A, I looked up uh, his notes today. Like he's got 19 points through 14 games, and it's fairly quiet, right? We're not. Uh, we, we've been discussing other players more than we've been discussing Brady Kachuk. Um, do we? He's like 20 points is a pretty high number to get through 15 games. What do you think of Brady Kachuk? Is he the best power forward in the game today? Okay. Well, if we look around the NHL at prototypical power forwards, everyone's everyone always brings up Tom Wilson, right? Well, Tom Wilson's the best yeah. power forward in the game. I, I would the take, unicorn. I would the unicorn. He's a unicorn. I would take Brady Kachuk on my team before I take Tom Wilson. So we take Tom Wilson out of the equation. Um. Yeah. Why are you saying? Wow. That's you're taking Tom Wilson. Wow. Brady. I 
Tom Tom Wilson's a like he's a hell of a player. I, I think people because of his antics, if you will, like the Brad Marchand type antics, people just overlook his ability. I think he's a pretty good oh. hockey player. Um, I think and he, he is. complements that he line is. very well. But but to your point, uh, Brady Kachuk's a 30 goal scorer, uh, and he's right now top 10 in the league in scoring, tied for top 10. Yeah. And Brady Kachuk is just starting to get going as a player. I listened to the, to the interview as well with Matthew Kachuk. Man, those Kachuk brothers, they were brought up the right way, weren't they? Like Keith taught those boys. <laughs> How to how, how to conduct an interview? You go in the dressing room. I remember going to talk to Matthew. They don't look at the ground. They don't. It's not obviously. Uh, uh, it's like not to make fun of hockey players. But that's a hockey player stock. These guys, they they think about stuff they say. They're very uh, they're good kids. So I agree with Matthew. I yep. think Brady's just starting to get going. He reminds me a lot of his dad, Wally. I wish I had that. I have a I have a great picture. It's I don't have it up right now. It's it's a picture of me battling Keith Kachuk, and uh, pound for pound, one of the toughest guys to play against th- that I ever encountered was was Keith Kachuk. His legs and ass were like enormous. He's built like a centaur. Like he was actually deformed. And when you look at Brady, the way he's built, he's built a lot like his dad. And there's a lot of similarities in his game. And Keith was one of the best power forwards of his of his era. Um, just that oh, in tight yeah. ability, that in tight ability around the net to create space with your body, box out defensemen because defensemen are taught to box you out. Where Brady, I think Brady might be the best guy in the league right now of establishing space in front of the other team's goaltender. He's so good at that, and that was to me his dad's his dad's trademark scoring from that five foot radius. He's so good at it. He's got great hands. He's relentless on the forecheck. He turns a lot of pucks over. Uh, and he fights. Like, he's no, to me, there's not a guy in the league right now that's doing what he's doing, putting up the points while playing nasty, while playing physical. He's a throwback type player because when you watch him play, he's not a graceful skater, but he still gets there. Uh, he's, a, he's a pretty underrated passer, too, Wally. Some of the passes he's made so far in this season. Big guys that you call power forwards don't make those types of passes. And I've seen Brady do it more than on one occasion. How do you make that pass, whether it's a saucer, whether it's a backhand? So a lot of elements to the game. Is he pretty to watch skate? No. But, yeah, I'd put him, if not the top. I don't have a list of guys in front of me now, right now, Wally. But I don't know. Who else would you put up there with him right now? Well, I need the list. I like. I don't know. I I keep thinking well, like Mark Stone, but does Mark Stone still generate Mark, that kind of power? It's, uh, he's so, not the type so it's of like, Brady. Well, if you want to talk about power forwards, Mark Stone's Mark Stone is more of a thinking man's player. I'm not saying Brady's not, yeah. not a smart player, but you you go back into generations and you talk about for sure Cam Neely. I remember playing against Rick Tockett. Oh. Guys like yeah. that, like Rick Tockett. Tim Kerr. Yeah, but he was like a friendly. Tim Kerr was friendly. We just couldn't move him. He oh, set up it. shop in front of it. He just took a beating in front of the net. Because you couldn't move him. He was like a giant like horse, just humongous. But Tockett, those are the types of forwards because when you play against them, you're kind of not sure what they're going to do. They could score. They could hit you. Yeah. They might also they might also take your head off. <laughs> like. Gary, me, Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts. Like, 
Gary Roberts was not fun to play against. So when you're playing against Mark Stone, you're not, there's no, as a defenseman, there's no fear factor that Mark Stone can hurt you. He's going to hurt you scoring, passing, and he's going to steal the puck from you all the time. Brady Kachuk still has that little element of, and, and general managers always used to sign guys like this, just not as talented. Of a, it's a it's a little bit of unpredictability, and that's why you'd always say these types of players. The coach would always say to them, "You always got to sprinkle in a couple fights every year. You sprinkle in a couple fights, then it keeps guys guessing." And I'm sure Keith is telling that because he's to Brady, like, "Hey, you got to fight a couple times a year because it keeps guys on their toes, and it really does." But I'll get this picture out next show. It's uh, me and Kachuk battling for the puck. I'm actually pushing him out of the way, Wally, too. It's actually, it's a very flattering picture of me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it must be I black like and it. white. Um, no, it's color. <laughs> Come on. Um, by the screw, way, Brady Kachuk you. gets two points tonight. He will have, uh, he'll have them, he'll tie Daniel Alfredson for the most points through 15 games since 07 08. Uh, so we'll see if Brady can pick up a couple of points here. Um, that is our show. We're going to do this again tomorrow, uh, Yorkie, if you're around. Uh, and we will uh, chat about tonight's game. There's a few more things I want to get to about how the Sens are playing after 15 games. Claude Giroux's game um, and how that's uh, he's caught fire on an eight-game point streak. All that uh, we'll talk about tomorrow. But we've appreciated you stopping by. The uh, Coming in Hot brought to you by, as always, BEI, our good friends at BEI. They're hiring. Go to BonishereExcavating.com uh, and check them out. Also, as always, uh, Renfrew Pro Tape. They're the ones with the green core, so make sure you pick the one that has been in the locker room of the Stanley Cup champion each of the last 20 seasons. They are the worldwide leaders in tape. As always, Yorkie, we appreciate you stopping by. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for joining uh, us. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I lost you for a sec, Wally. I blocked it. What did I miss? <laughs> Nothing. I was just talking about how great the show was, so we appreciate it. Right on. See you. See you tomorrow, everybody. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM. 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.